you know, we must be fit and we must look a certain way and we must do this and we must go to certain things. Do we really need to do all of those things? Would we be happier if we were resting in some of those moments in whatever way, reading or whatever way? It's mentally yours from Ellen and Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast on all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And this week we're chatting to Claudia Hammond. She's a writer, broadcaster and psychology lecturer. She presents BBC Radio 4's All in the Mind podcast and has written several books on mental health. We're going to be chatting to her about her latest book, which is called The Art of Rest. I think we need to start valuing rest and seeing its benefits in the same way as we do sleep because so many people are just completely overwhelmed by their to-do lists and there is just so much on them and people many people you know can't bear that and it just really adds to everyone's stress and I think for the sake of all our mental health we need to start taking rest more seriously. This might be a kind of silly question but what are you defining as rest? Is it just sitting and watching TV? Is it you have to do nothing? What What is rest? Well, when I'm talking about rest, I don't mean having a nap because sleep is great, but I'm not talking about sleep here. So I'm talking about something you do when you're awake, which uh, isn't work, um, which uh, is not just necessarily pure enjoyment, but something that makes you feel relaxed and makes you feel rested. And that will be different things for different people. And so one of the things we've looked at is the activities that people find the most restful and uh, have a, you know, have counted down in the book a top 10 of those. And they will be different for different people. And so it could be watching TV. It could be um, going for a walk in nature. It could be, um, it could be doing nothing. But a lot of people find doing nothing really difficult. Yeah. Really, really difficult. Were there any big surprises for you when you got the results of this big study back? I was really surprised by what came top, which was reading. Um, so 18,000 people from around the world, from 135 different countries took part. Um, our first surprise was how many people were interested enough in the topic of rest to take part in something that took, you know, 35, 40 minutes to, to fill in. And so two thirds of people said that they wanted more rest. And I wasn't that surprised by that. But I was surprised that reading came top as the most restful activity. So 58% of people put that down. And at first we thought, are they just trying to look good? You know, are they just trying to say, yeah, reading's what it is to try to look good? Or, um, but on the other hand, doing nothing came fifth. So people were prepared to say that they liked doing nothing and that they, some people, you know, found doing nothing restful. So I think, I, I believe them when they say that reading was the most restful thing, even though it involves some effort, it involves some concentration and, you know, looking at the letters and working out what the words are and what that then means and thinking about the rest of the book or the, you know, it might be a magazine or a newspaper or anything and thinking about all those things. But I think that what is special about reading anything is that it takes you away from the immediate moment of those thoughts that might be going round and round in your head at that immediate moment. So it takes you out of yourself into someone else's life that might be somebody real or not real. It just takes you away from that and to somewhere else. And it can also let you daydream as well. And there's plenty of evidence that daydreaming, if you're not ruminating about bad things over and over, then daydreaming is good for you. It's a good thing. Um, and 
books allow us to daydream so people aren't always you know all of us are not always concentrating when we read and people's eyes carry on moving across the page but in studies where you look at tracking people's eye movements normally if you're reading and concentrating when you get to a difficult word you slow down because it's an unusual word but when people are doing what's known as mindless reading where they're not concentrating then they um, carry on going past at the same speed and that's how you tell when people are concentrating or not and a lot of the time when people are reading they're not concentrating and we've all had that where you you know you read the page again because you forgot totally what you were talking what you were thinking about but Maybe that's not a bad thing. So I think another good thing about reading that's beneficial is that it's a jumping off point for us to um, daydream and think about other things and not to worry. If someone asked me what's the most relaxing thing, I would say reading. But I can't remember the last time I just sat and read. I, like, I don't think I ever do that now. Because you're too busy and just haven't got time to yeah. do it. Yeah, so how, how do yeah. we carve time for that? So I think it's one of the things is, is to give yourself permission to do these things and almost reframing these things as, as restful and as good things. And so, you know, we all have, you know, Dara is full of things and there's all these things we must do. And what we don't do is schedule breaks. We don't schedule the time when you're going to read for a while because reading is maybe the thing that relaxes you. And we don't tend to do that. Um, and so I think it's a question of, of trying to prioritise some of those things and trying to believe that rest is important. It's not just the thing you do when everything else is done. Now, the difficulty is if there are just too many things to do. And I think then you've got to start looking and thinking, have you got to do all of these things? Are you doing all these things because you really want to do all these things or are some of them things you think you you should do? So I think, you know, we start to set ourselves high standards of, you know, we must be fit and we must look a certain way. We must do this and we must um, go to certain things. Do we really need to do all of those things? Would we be happier if we were resting in some of those moments in whatever way, reading or or whatever way? Um, Or are we just taking on too many things? One thing. That, um, that I do now that can work and that research has shown can work is to um, we, we're very bad at working out how much time we've got in the future so people tend to think that they'll have more spare time in the future and we think we'll be better organised versions of ourselves in the future and have more spare time now the bad news is you probably won't be a better organised version of yourself in the future unless you're going to really make some real change that probably won't happen but what you can um, do is to so we, because of that we take on too many things so somebody asks you to do something in six months time and you say oh yeah yeah I can I can do that because you look and your diary looks relatively free if they were to say to you can you do this thing that involves going quite far for somewhere for a day um, in two weeks time your answer might be very different you might think well I can't possibly do that I'd be far too busy if that's what you would think then maybe you shouldn't be doing it in six months time either because maybe you're then saying yes to too many things because you're you're doing what's known as the planning fallacy, which is believing your things you can do things more quickly than you can, and you, and you really can't do those things quickly. And I think kind of the title of your book it mentions the modern age. What is it about our current times that makes rest even more important, even though it's even more difficult to find? Yeah, it's definitely really important now. Now, what's really interesting is if you look at studies of time use going back um, for you know decades and decades in the nineteen uh, fifties people didn't have loads more spare time than we have now and so the and they had to you know people didn't necessarily have washing machines and had to do all sorts of things by hand and so people didn't have a load of spare time it's not that we're necessarily busier than ever but it doesn't feel that way it feels as if we're really really busy 
And um, part of that, I think, is that brilliant as many things about new technology are, um, it, there is this overlap now. There's this melding of what's spare time and what's work time. And there aren't these clear boundaries. So once you leave work, on the even just on the way home from work, you can still see the emails. And even all evening, you know, how many of us can resist looking at our emails at half past 11 at night? It's a really, really bad idea, but, but most of us do it. And there's nothing you can do about the work things for next day. So it just gets you thinking about those things. It's a really bad idea. Um, but we can't resist it. And so these boundaries have started to change between work and and non-work. And I think that takes away some rest from us. And we're always on call in a way. And, you know, some people call it the attention economy. Everybody is vying for our attention all the time. And I also think there's lots of things we do these days that are not work, but they feel a bit like work. So, um, uh, I don't know, just booking anything online, you've got to, you know, fill in a form and um, sort out a time. And just trying to sort out a time to go out with some friends is a little bit like sorting out a time for a meeting at work. You know, you're emailing all these people or messaging all these people, WhatsApping or whatever, waiting for them to come back to you. And that all feels a bit like work. And we, we do some of the work for companies now, you know, because we fill in the booking form now. We don't phone up to do it and somebody else does something. We do all that. And that all feels like work too and makes us feel less rested. Hmm. I think a lot of my non-work time isn't restful no, at all. No, you're doing admin. Mm, There's loads yeah. of admin to do. There's so know, much And that's not admin. restful. And yeah. even like yeah. just thinking, oh, I'll just scroll through Twitter. That still feels very mm. attention-driven. It's not. Yeah, like, that's definitely, definitely not, not work. And that also social media can take you into the sort of a work mindset, can't you? Yeah. If someone then starts talking about something in the news or something to us, you know, something to do with an article that either you did or someone else has done. Yeah. And then you're yeah. screenshotting it and going for later and all of that. Totally. And I thought it was really interesting that um, spending time, you know, online or on social media didn't come in the top 10, even when people were free to... Um, pick anything they wanted to at all it didn't come anywhere near the top 10 in any age group so people may enjoy it and you know we, we i personally i really like social media you know we may enjoy it but we don't find it restful mm. you know it is like some more work in a way were there any other things that didn't make the top 10 that you were sort of were surprised weren't in there i was really surprised um that um looking after pets wasn't in the top 10 pets oh yeah and, animals and you know uh finding your dogs and cats really relaxing to be with and so that was at number 12 animals was at number 12 i was surprised about that uh, because so many people will say that you know sitting with their dog or cat on their lap and stroking them is is really really relaxing and and uh you know we know that is the case i was surprised about socializing and chatting so socializing was number 13 and chatting came number 19 um drinking socially came number 20 and with all of those i was surprised those didn't come higher and then when we looked separately because we also um used a personality scale so we knew who were the introverts and who were the extroverts in the group and we were really surprised that even when you looked at just the extroverts um going out with friends still didn't come in the in the top 10 so i think one of the things that maybe we want in order to rest if you look at the top five are all activities that you quite often do on your own so i think partly we want to rest from other people because it's not about enjoyment necessarily and fun this is about feeling rested and the moment you're with other people certain things are uh, expected of you, you know, you've got to be a certain way that you can't necessarily, that might be different from how you spend your own time, even if it's just taking into account what they would like to do as well as yourself so I think that maybe partly what we long for is to be on our own a bit, so I thought that was quite surprising actually. What is not resting doing to our mental state do you think? I know that's difficult because it 
I don't know how many long-term studies there actually are on it, but what is it doing to us? Well, what we do know is that um, fatigue, for example, we know that fatigue um, damages our um, various cognitive skills. So it it, um, impedes on our memory, it impedes on our uh, reaction times. We know that there are more um, car accidents when people are fatigued. Uh, We know that, uh, you know, half of the um, days taken off work are um, stress-related. So in a way, if you look at all the, the opposite of rest. We know that all those things are bad. And then there are studies looking at um, how people's memory can be improved by having a break. Um, And so if you get people in a room um, and you um, give them a really long list of words to learn um, and then you either get them doing something else or they can have a break for 10 minutes, the ones who can have the break for 10 minutes are much better at remembering the list of words. And this is a study that's uh, work that's been done in Scotland and it even works with um, people who have um, amnesia uh, Mm. because they've had, say, uh, brain injuries or have cognitive decline and they can't remember words very well anymore. They can remember loads more if they have a break as well. And there have been studies um, in offices um, there's some interesting studies from South Korea where they get people to have just micro breaks mm. at work. So these might be two minutes long or even less. I mean, some studies use 30 seconds, but two minutes long where you look out the window or you go and put the kettle on or you lean back in your chair and shut your eyes. And an hour later, people's concentration is still better after a micro break. And at the end of the day, they're feeling happier if they've had several micro breaks. And so that is evidence, I think, that it, that it does help your mental health to have breaks. And, and lots of us wait. We wait, it's particularly if you're up against a deadline. Many of us will do the thing where we think, well, I'll get all this done. And then my reward is I'll go and make a cup of tea. Mm. Um, and that's your reward. And maybe if you possibly can, you should be doing that during the time while you're trying to do the work. So a study in Germany has found that people were much more effective if they take their break in the run up to the deadline, mm. because then you can work quicker for the rest of it. And then you've got it over and done with quicker. Speaking of workplace stuff, I have to bring on this thing that I was losing my mind over earlier. Have you seen this toilet? Which toilet? So there's this toilet that someone has made and it's deliberately sloped forwards so that workers um, will get really uncomfortable if they're sitting there for longer than five minutes. <gasps> oh, that's a- And it's that's specifically awful. being marketed as this will make people so much more productive because they won't be, you know, sitting on the loo, you know, scrolling Twitter or whatever. Obviously bizarre. But yeah, I just I'm wondering what you yeah, think of I that. Yeah, I think that's really horrible, and I and I think that you know there are um, uh, some workplaces now where people will only um, often in, in things in some shops and things people will work for four hours and then have a twenty minute break and yeah. then work again for four hours, and um, you know companies organisations will see well that's good because you get the people working as much as possible. Actually, breaks are really good, and if they want their people to work well and to particularly if they're you know dealing with customers and so on, if they want them to be able to be friendly and happy, then more breaks are better. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's become really really rare for people to take an hour-long lunch break let alone an hour-long lunch break every day you know people might do it because it's their birthday but um you know it's very it's very unusual for people to do that um and they can't because there's just too much to do and you know lots of us will have you know eat sandwiches at your desk and things like that it, it's really not a good idea even if you just go and walk around the block then that does make a difference mm. um and there is good evidence to show that and so i think that you know employers who buy one of those toilets that's a, that's a mad thing to do because um if if the only place where people can get a moment's break is on the toilet, then let them have a moment's break on the toilet. There are also things that need to be done on the toilet. So, you know, give people the peace to do that. But so, yeah, I I think these ways of trying to um, 
sort of police people's time too much. Mm. And and like I was saying, you know, the micro breaks of the two minutes where you lean back in your chair and shut your eyes, a lot of bosses won't like that idea. They'll think yeah. people are having a sleep and a snooze, but actually it's a really good idea. And, you know, and some places bosses won't like it if they see people chatting and often it's difficult for people to chat at all. Say, you know, and if you work in a call centre, the next call just comes and comes and comes on the last one. There isn't much uh, opportunity to chat. But actually those chats are really, really important. Obviously not if people are doing it all day because they've got to get the work done and the work needs to be done. But they're the things that bond bond people together. They're the things that might make that person stay in that job because they like the people so much that it's worth staying in the job that they may not enjoy necessarily that much. So I think it would be good if organisations started to look on look on breaks not as a waste of time. They're not, you know, they're really not. And now um, secondary schools, for example, only 1% of secondary schools in the UK has an afternoon break now. Really? Now, when I was at school, yeah. there was an afternoon break. So um, most kids are just going straight through from, um, you know, lunchtime and just, you know, the changing the classrooms counts as the break. But, you know, that's not that's not break. That's just moving to that's, the next thing. Yeah, I remember having morning break, afternoon break, lunch yeah, break. there's morning break, there's lunch break and there's afternoon break. Do you think a system like that would be good in the workplace if we literally kind of imposed you need to get up, you need to stop working for a bit? I think it would be in a way. I mean, it's interesting because... I think it'd be good to have everyone have the break. Um, they don't necessarily all have to do it at the same moment. And we also know that one of the things that makes people happy at work and satisfied with work is is having autonomy and being able to plan their day if it's possible. Now, obviously, that's not always possible. If something's got to be covered at a certain time, then, you know, a, I don't know, a, a, if there's a reception desk, that's got to be a certain number of people on that at a certain time. If there's a plane, there's got to be the right people on it. But, um, so, but I think trying to get people to schedule more breaks would be good i think the problem with making them compulsory is you may if, if there's too much work to do then if and then they said you can't come back to your desk for an hour that would be quite difficult and quite mm-hmm. frustrating um and in fact the, the other day i had a problem with my computer and it had to all be you know i don't know the profile had to be rebuilt or something like that and the computer support person said you can't log on to your computer for court. It's going to take us quarter of an hour and you absolutely mustn't touch the computer. So I was sort of forced not to do anything on the computer for a while. And at first that was annoying because I had lots to do. And then actually... I, lo- I sort of started to really enjoy my 15-minute enforced break and I went to make a cup of tea, I was chatting to people, I was sitting around and actually it was, it was quite nice. I quite enjoyed it. And one thing we do, often people do do when, when it's their break time, and I think this is the thing you could change, is where you get a chance to have a break is not to then stay on your screen and do some, you know, buy something, book something, do some admin or, you know, look at Facebook, that um, it needs to feel not like work, what you do, mm-hmm. which is why staring out the window is good or doodling or or daydreaming. All the things you were told not to do at school turn out to be quite good for you. All of those things. One of the things I really love about your book is the fact that so many suggestions don't cost anything because I think there's... Um there's the suggestion at the moment there's a lot about self-care which is great but it's sort of become like this material thing do you think there's too much emphasis now on how self-care is something that or you must spend lots of money on it in order for it to to work yeah i think that is the case i think that you know self-care has been a huge you know commercial opportunity and the wellness market is now an enormous you know an enormous market but yeah you don't have to have a 25 pound candle in order to have a relaxing bath you know those things are you know lovely things but it doesn't have to cost loads to do those things so um you know going outside and walking around the block uh, if you're in the middle of a bad day at work 
park and you possibly can get outside is will help your mental health and doesn't have to be something expensive you can buy you know you haven't got to go away for a spa weekend you could choose to do all sorts of different relaxing activities and to give yourself a break that way now the difficult thing about being at home is that all the jobs are still around you and it's which is why going away is so is so amazing you know that is why we like um, holidays and going away let's face it because you get away from your to-do list isn't surrounding you all those things that need niggling things that you know need to be done or cleaning up or tidying up so um but i think we haven't got to go and buy loads of expensive products in order to rest how can we kind of switch off that voice that's like you need to be doing things i think even when you were saying about your computer the first five minutes you feel frustrated like you feel like no i should be doing all these things how do we stop doing that basically and i think i think we do that by starting to value rest as something that's good for us mm. so that if we start to see it as a good thing then we needn't feel so guilty about it so nine percent of people told us that they fe- felt guilty if they rested at all um and others told us they found rest frustrating so i think we have this ambiguous relationship with it really we don't necessarily find it find it easy and particularly the sitting still doing nothing you know some people can do it and like it and some people find that that really hard which is why things like watching tv or reading is good because you you can kind of switch off but it allows you to feel like you're doing something else mm. at the same time and i think that can be really helpful so i think it's about giving yourself permission to sort of say well i've worked i have done some work and i've done this and i've done that and also accepting that you are never going to get through your to-do list and even if you do i know this is a depressing thought but even if you do get through your to-do list something there will be something else on it tomorrow because you know pipes will leak and things will break and need mending and you know people will need your attention and need you to do things and so you have to sort of accept we but we have this sort of we chase this dream of the to-do list being gone and it's it's never going to be never gone end. it's Isn't never it going to be vacuuming like <laughs> i work myself up to do vacuuming and i'm like okay i can do it and then it's like you should do it again in a week exactly it's all gone anyway that is the trouble with cleaning it just gets dirty again you go around in circles Mm. but again that is a sort of thing of accepting that that will kind of be around forever yeah unfortunately unfortunately it's not good to be done and gone and so maybe you do do it tomorrow and rest now instead because it it'll still be there waiting for you the dust do you think it'd be helpful to kind of you talk about scheduling rest in kind of make that our to-do list and say it's as important as all those other things that we do to you know like eating and sleeping yeah i think it is i think i think you could schedule it in and say well this is going to be my rest time and i'm not going to interrupt that for other things because that's an important time now sometimes you may have to interrupt it for other things because you know life will overtake you what you don't want is resting to to become another chore you know another kind of oh no and i haven't done my resting yet um but um uh but, but I've already, you know, I had a, a tweet from someone the other day saying she'd been trying to do some of the things in the book and that, that already she was, um, it's not about sleeping, but already she was sleeping better at night because she wasn't worrying so much because she was allowing herself to rest a bit mm. in the evenings and to do some more restful things. And that was making them making a difference later on. And so I think it is about giving ourselves permission, sort of giving ourselves a break in a way and not, not having maybe not having such high standards for ourselves um, and that that may then, you know, help us and, and, and help our mental health because sometimes it is our own standards that are doing these things and that we want to, that, that feeling busy makes us feel important and wanted and valued and, you know, people will say to me, you know, oh, how are you? How are you? And I'll say, oh, I'm really busy, a bit too busy and uh, and it sort of does feel true but how much is that just a saying or oh, I'm really, you know, I'm so important that I'm really busy um, and how much are we are we 
making ourselves feel a bit too busy. Now, I think there are some situations, and I think particularly if people have got really small kids or if people are caring for others, then I think it is it is really hard to find those breaks. Um, and then I think it's a question of looking for the tiny restful moments in life where if there's a pause for some reason, you can just sit down for a couple of minutes or stare out the window or do do something nice even for a couple of minutes and then trying to get a bigger kind of rest maybe the kind of thing where you know parents giving each other if there are two parents parents giving each other you know a voucher for rest where you can spend this rest time how you want to while the other one looks after the kids so it can be a sort of almost a gift to someone else the gift of rest what are your go-to's in terms of rest Uh, I like gardening. I find gardening so amazingly restful. And so I only have to... um, I've got a tiny garden, but I really, really like it. And I've got a tiny, tiny... uh, tiny greenhouse that you can just i can stand in it nobody else could you know there wouldn't be room for that i can just stand in it and and grow seeds and things in there and just going out i've only got to be out there a sort of couple of minutes and start deadheading some things or checking on seeds and thinking or thinking what i'll do next and i almost feel a sort of wave of restfulness coming over me you know i feel the all the things i was worrying about going away and so now i try it's not so easy when the nights are you know dark and the days are short to try and prescribe myself 15 minutes of rest and if i'm working at home i used to sort of you know eat some food at lunchtime and then rush back to work and now i think no i'm going to have 15 minutes rest for the sake of my own mental health i'm going to have 15 minutes of gardening and it's good because you i I don't feel guilty because i feel as if i'm doing something and there for me there is something about that and it's something about being outside and being with the plants and touching the soil and things like that for other people it will be something completely different you know some people uh hate mindfulness some people love mindfulness and will swear by that and will and will like the fact that say if they do it for 20 minutes a day that it forces them to set that time aside for 20 minutes a day so i think to find your own prescription for rest and then prescribe yourself that thing or combination of things you know so maybe you could maybe you could read for you know decide you will read for 15 minutes each day and make the time to do that and you may find you really really enjoy that so this is goodbye from mentally yours so go away enjoy your day get on with all your chores from mentally mentally If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, please contact the Samaritans on 116 123 or go to their website at samaritans.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a rate or review. Five stars would be lovely. Also, if you've enjoyed this, come and have a chat to us on Facebook. We've got a group called Mentally Yours. Also, we have a Twitter, which is Mentally YRS. See you next time. <laughs>